mindfulness mode. Find your artistic outlet, whatever that is. Paint, sing, sculpt. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. I have a question for you. Are you like me? Do you do quite a bit of writing? Maybe you write blogs, maybe you do different kinds of of writing online. Well, there's a tool that can help you so much, and I, I just really enjoy using this tool. It's called Grammarly, and you can get started for free. And Grammarly will give you suggestions as you write in desktop applications and different kinds of sites across the web you can use my affiliate link and get going right away with grammarly and uh you know i just really recommend this because i use it every day here's the affiliate link it's mindfulnessmode.com grammarly and that's g-r-a-m-m-a-r-l-y so Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Mindful Tribe, we're here today to talk about Tai Chi. And we're here to talk about Tai Chi with a woman who has a beautiful smile and a lovely heart. I can tell you that even though I don't know her that well yet. I'm here with Sifu Rubia. It's so great to have you here on the show today. So tell me, are you in mindfulness mode today, Rubia? I am. I did my yoga this morning before before this recording. I made sure of that. Um, That's great. I have, a, I have a daily yoga practice, but yeah. this one was more mindful and getting me into preparation for for this recording. Well, let's talk about the mindfulness part. What does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness for me means just being present in the moment and the effort that that requires to to get there so um, when I started or yeah the, the beginning of that journey of bringing the practice into my life it was again just teachers telling me to be present if you're doing your dishes drinking your coffee you know right whatever you're doing if you can do it with complete presence then that's your first step into mindfulness and then you do you start developing these practices like yoga and tai chi and qigong uh, that enhance elevate um, cultivate uh, mindfulness as 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 a practice and a, a way of being it's actually a way of being to me i'm very interested in hearing your story and i know that you discovered the benefits of tai chi as a way to heal yourself Tell me about the healing that you needed. I did. Well, I'm in constant healing. I think uh, if, if I'm, the discovery that I've made about myself and my life is that that's my life's work. And fundamentally, I think it's everyone's life work is to, to heal yourself, to, to realize yourself and to become yourself and, and that whole process. So for, for me, it's, it's always been a life journey. Um, even when I didn't know that that's what <laughs> was happening, that's what was happening. So, um, I mean, my story goes way back as far as, you know, abandonment and adoption and all, all of the baggage that that brings uh, to, to a human life. But for this art form specifically, I'd uh, gone through a miscarriage. So the, 
the toll that that took on my my psyche, my emotions, my you know my hormones, my physical body, everything. Uh, what was challenging me even more was my yoga practice. So the yoga practice was aggravating my physical body. So I couldn't even practice my yoga. Uh, but the studio at which I was practicing yoga also offered Tai Chi and Qigong. So I started exploring Qigong. Mm -hmm. And uh, that practice is, you know, is what helped me uh, build my strength, really go deeper into mindfulness and presence and uh, pushing, not pushing through, pushing through is probably the wrong word, but accepting what was happening in the present moment and breathing through it. So pranayama is a really important, you know, mindfulness practice to, to develop breathing through it and and just sitting with it sitting with the pain that i was going through what you know the what my body was 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 going through at that time with uh, my, my pelvis and my my legs and all of that stuff so it started there it was it wasn't easy it never usually is when you're trying to do something of any worth so i did uh, qigong for 3 months really really intensely and then I started moving that energy that I was cultivating internally, and I started moving it with with a Tai Chi practice. And then from from there, um, it's it's just an evolution of of movement and uh, movement therapy for me. So. Well, you are from Bangladesh. Can you share your story of your beginnings? Because it was pretty challenging from the sounds of it. So. Yes, for um, well, as an infant, I was I was abandoned on on the streets of Bangladesh, and I was found by some volunteers of um, uh, an organization and uh, an orphanage that were literally going around town collecting <laughs> collecting babies that had been abandoned. Uh, but you have to also think about the time in which uh, politically that. Bangladesh where they were and you know newly independent from Pakistan and rebuilding an economy you know that a lot of soldiers died so a lot of women were left with their children abandoned and so it's just that's that's the beginning of, of Bangladesh and then from that time so uh, my situation wasn't uncommon uh, at that point in time so but what that does is it it uh, it sets up your nervous system in a very different way <laughs> than most people, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but those effects start showing up through, you know, later in life. And, and then once you acknowledge it, it's an ongoing practice to, to offset or mitigate the, you know, the, the challenges of anxiety and, and all of that, you know, those, those things that affect your, your nervous system or that, that come from, um, a troubled nervous system. So uh, I was adopted into a Canadian family and we just found out that we're a fellow Canadian. So that's right. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and um, being adopted is, is a challenge in itself. And yeah. I think every person experiences it differently. Um, I'm from a, a family of 11 people who, who were adopted. So from different parts of the world, different situations, different ages, different times. So, and I've observed how everyone has, has managed it differently. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. And I, I always wore it on my sleeve, I guess. So um, it was a constant battle that I didn't even know I was in. You know, you're, 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 you're in this, this, this fight with yourself, but you don't know why you're fighting yourself. So you have, yeah, you, you go through, you go through challenging growth spurts, and then you have to realize that you, you need, you need tools to, to help you. So you go into therapy, you find, you find modalities or artistic endeavors that help you, you know, move that energy through. Um, and this is, this was, I think, my, um, my main one. I, I yoga, I've been doing yoga for a long time. And yoga was definitely the beginning of, of that journey and really digging into uh, transcending all of these, uh, these blockages that, that were, were happening inside me. And Tai Chi just took it to, to another level for me. Well, I'm very interested in the passion that you have to share some of these tools with the world. So can you tell us about that? Sure. I, it's, um, it's interesting because my yoga practice is, is my personal practice and I don't teach yoga. Uh, so I always, what I, I've figured out early on is that when you teach something, it no longer belongs to you. And so I was just always very protective of my yoga practice. But for some reason, Tai Chi never felt like it belonged to me. And I could feel it on a, on a very deep cellular level. So it was, it was, um, it became, it, it's becoming some, some, something of a devotional practice for me to share it. So ultimately, as we were sharing before we press record is, is timing. So when people are ready to, to receive the information to receive the tools for whatever, wherever they are in their own personal development, then usually they seek it out. So you know, I get calls, I get I get emails, uh, I've taught for many years, and you know, uh, uh, the YMCA, the local, you know, LA uh, parks and recreation and uh, fitness centers and stuff like that. So the, the people who come in are the ones who are interested to receive the information. And that will, you know, that will happen when, when the person is ready. So now my, my work right now is I've been producing these online courses. So I'm putting it out in the world in that sense and making it accessible through, you know, an online portal so you can work from home. I am very accessible as well. So people can reach out to me and, and share what they're, what they're doing or what they're struggling with. And um, I also offer everything on a sliding scale. So I'm trying to make the, the tools and the work as accessible to, uh, to the public as, as possible. And how do we access that? Uh, you can find uh, you can find my work uh, at a website called taichiwellness.online and everything everything is up there yeah taichiwellness.online taichi t a i c h i yes wellness right dot online yeah so. tell me about your process of creating teaching materials does this feed you um well there there was a huge learning curve you know for 
the this whole editing, you know, learning software and cameras and you know angles and all of that stuff for for people to see it. Because when when I teach, I teach very intuitively. So when mm -hmm. I'm present with so, and I teach small classes usually, no more than eight people, because I like to be very hands on with people and 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 see how they're moving and and making appropriate correction. So uh, doing it online is was very different. However, by then I, I've already had like 10 years experience teaching. So I I I have a I had a good sense of the, the beginner's mind and how um, how they're seeing what they're seeing when I'm showing displaying movement and how they're receiving it and then the importance of, of angles and explanations through throughout. So um, I feel like I've I've successfully broken broken it down in very manageable pieces for for people to to really grasp and integrate in in a comfortable way because it can be intimidating. A lot of people don't show up to class because they feel intimidated by the movement and whatnot. So. Um, it's been part of my my career as a teacher to to tap into that and to really observe how and why people are learning and people learn in different different ways. So it's it's really observing um, how people are, are receiving the information and and tuning into them. So not being one on one with people it has been. And then translating that into media form has been, it's been a beautiful, actually creative process from my perspective. Like that's, um, it's been, it's, I had a great time doing it. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I had, it was really a lot of fun and um, a labor of love for sure. Now, did you do this mostly all yourself or did you hire a videographer and hire assistants to work oh, with you through this no, process? I did. I hired, I hired one camera person for for one specific uh, uh, angle, I guess. So they, mm -hmm. yeah, there was just one specific way I wanted it to be displayed. And then uh, other than that, I had a straight camera and a drone so I could get different different angles that which I did on my own. And then, yeah, all the editing, voiceover, everything. Yeah, I did myself. That's very impressive. So oh, you used so a much drone fun, as well. Wow. Right. So they can get an aerial, aerial yeah. view. Um, or and not necessarily a super aerial view, but a higher, higher up. So were you doing this outdoors then? Yes. Yeah, you were. Okay. So this must be beautiful. I live in the, Southern California. <laughs> yeah. So, I love a good landscape. Um, I and I actually found a place up in it's Pacific Palisades and it's on a cliff. And the backdrop is the Pacific Ocean. So. Oh my gosh! Oh no, it's beautiful. I'll I'm I'll send you the some codes so you can have access to. I would to love to. Yeah. And you know, it sounds absolutely breathtaking and spectacular when you're describing it. It's beautiful. It's I mean, the view is beautiful, and like I said, I the, the course itself are, are broken down into like less than eight minute segments, so it's really mm -hmm. manageable where people can um, can feel confident in their progress and go slowly, and you know everything one movement builds upon the other, and it's it's really clear 
um, how to move forward. So, yeah, it's it, it's um, it's something I'm very very proud of. The the end result I'm very proud of, and I'm getting good feedback on it. So, um, well, tell us about some of that feedback. I'd love to hear it. Well, what I'm sharing with you is is kind of the feedback, and that yeah. people appreciated the fact that. There, there was enough time for repetition that I, I wasn't moving them along too quickly. Um, they, they liked the scenery. They liked, you know, that there's a little background music. I think that in in the Tai Chi course, or is it the Qigong course? I'm not sure. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then, you know, they, they left feeling confident as opposed to, you know, feeling intimidated. So that to me is a big success when people say like, Oh, I feel more confident about how I can move and how I can learn this art. And yeah. Well, this is really exciting. I uh, hear a lot about Tai Chi and Qigong mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. my guests, you know, as we discuss these topics, mm -hmm. but I will say that I haven't done them. I haven't uh, practiced Tai Chi. Uh, and at different points, I've thought, oh, I'd really enjoy getting into it, maybe joining a class or something like that. But that has not happened up to this time. But this sounds like a great opportunity to kind of get your feet wet with it. Absolutely. Absolutely, it is. And, you know, Tai Chi, Tai Chi classes aren't as easy to find as yoga classes. So if it's not readily available, then it might not be as enticing to 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 try if you have to. Mm -hmm constantly look for it um it's definitely more accessible than it was when i started 15 years ago and uh, you know there's there's i don't i don't know there's not a lot of people doing it online because it's a martial art so i think that's the intimidating part is that people mm -hmm. think that um they're they're learning how to fight <laughs> what which if if you are a martial artist um, sorry if you are a martial artist and you you just observe Tai Chi or you have a Tai Chi practice, then you you can associate the movements with martial applications. I've I I will only display or demonstrate martial applications to to enhance a certain understanding of the movement, uh, but not to to make it practical for for the student. I teach uh, Tai Chi as a movement therapy, so. Um, there's a lot of it's it's a healing modality. You know the uh, there's a good book, the Harvard um, Harvard Medical School Guide to Tai Chi is an excellent book uh, for for that by Dr. Peter Wayne. And uh, something that he shows in the book and is that the neuro neuromuscular synergy of Tai Chi movements and how they are expressed in the sequence and the timing and the combination of the movements, that's where you actually get into the deeper healing process of the uh, autonomous nervous system. So there's, there's a lot of healing in the art form separate from it being a martial art. Do you feel that it helped you become a more balanced person oh absolutely absolutely when when you're again it's a discovery so none of this happened overnight and and it's it's a it's an ongoing discovery and quest to to seek equanimity through um, these practices these are just tools by which we get there right because mm -hmm. life is chaotic you can't you know, have a Tai Chi practice and then go out into the world and expect it to be 
you know, <laughs> peaceful. It's finding the peace within, within, you know, the, the, the chaos that, that will always be around you. So it's cultivating that, that inner, that inner peace, that inner garden and that respite where you can fall into. And that's the best way that I've described it in the past is that it's, it's something that I've created for myself. It's a place of, of peace, serenity, mostly nurture. Um, you know, one of my biggest lessons in, in my life is, is learning how to mother myself and love myself above and beyond. And outside of anything else that's anything else and anyone else that's around me. So uh, that's one of that's been one of my biggest lessons in, in this lifetime is, is to cultivate that self-love and that self-nurturing. And I found that through my yoga practice, my Tai Chi practice and my Qigong practice, because that's what I was looking for. And so whatever someone else might be looking for, the Tai Chi practice or Qigong practice will be, will reflect back to them what the what, what their needs are. So in that sense, I, when I say these are tools and technologies by which you find what you're looking for, as opposed to it being um, something outside of yourself that's separate from yourself that you you cling to, if that makes any sense. It's really what are you what are you looking for and how is that modality going to pour into you so you can find what you're looking for well i really like the way you explain it rubia and i i want to ask you speaking of stories and and learning i want to ask you a question about bullying uh, i've worked in this field for some time and i always I'm interested in the connection between bullying and mindfulness. Do you have a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have somehow made a difference? Uh, I read that in your pre your pre show notes, and I, I found that fascinating because it's never been approached to me that way before. So I had to think about that. And I mean, bullying, honestly, as a woman and a woman of color, I feel like it's, it's a constant state of affairs, mm. <laughs> you know, and I, I've been in the world of business for a very long time. I've managed multiple businesses. I've, I've owned multiple businesses. So the constant um, confrontation uh, of being up against uh, the, the patriarchy is, is, to me, that's like constant bullying. I mean, so, and I'm sure every woman can relate to that, uh, woman of color or not. So, uh, again, and that then I come back to how these practices ha have helped me soften my inner being, mm -hmm. uh, have put me in touch with uh, my yin side, actually, because when you are in the business world, you're all yang energy, and that's fine to get work done and get you know, get, get things going, but it's imbalanced. If you can't find your softness and your femininity, whether you're, you're male or female, then you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself. So the, these uh, modalities have helped me with, with that, with softening my energy. And besides being present, it's, 
you know, the, the soft will always overcome the hard, uh, always. So it's the, it's the softness of the water, but the consistency and the persistence of the water that cuts through the rock. Um, and I'm, I'm quoting, you know, the Tao Te Ching, this is not me speaking. <laughs> yes. This is not my realization. That's just, you know, that's the doubt that, that says that. So um, in, in that sense, my mindfulness practice uh, has, has helped me with, with that. And then in meditating more on it further, if I went back to a time where I was maybe seven or eight years old, uh, I was definitely bullied by a bigger guy who... Um, this is elementary school, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> really, sure. really young. But I realized, I think he hit me across the face. He slapped me across the face. And uh, it was never addressed by teachers or my parents or anyone. So it's it just something that sat with me. I held on to that for a very long time. And I've had, from that one particular event, I've had to... Um, like peel back a lot of what that one moment in time did to me and how how it uh, it traumatized me so and it, a lot of people can relate to this I, I'm, I'm just sharing my own story but uh, you don't realize you don't realize how these moments in your life affect you but then you know when you start um, studying compassion and studying forgiveness and integrating compassion and integrating forgiveness. And that's, that's your way out. Infinitely, that's your way out is through compassion and forgiveness, which is very difficult. Very, very difficult. Forgiveness is not an easy thing. It sounds easy <laughs> because it's, it, it's a word, but it holds so much, it holds so much weight. Um, but it gives so much once you've, fallen into it so forgiveness and compassion wow well thanks for sharing all that i really appreciate it rubia as we move on in the interview i want to ask you five quick answer questions so just 30 second answers are perfect (laughs) no no pressure no pressure at all but the first question is probably simple for you the first question is who is one person who has been a powerful influence to you in the area of mindfulness oh my first tai chi teacher in zazi malonga See how easy that was? (laughs) And the second question is about emotions and how mindfulness has maybe affected how you deal with your emotions. Breath, breath work. Hands down, learn how to breathe, learn breathing techniques. uh, And then your emotions are temporary. But when you're in them, you think they're they're there forever, but they're, they're temporary. So learning how to move through them through your breath. And what are some of the specific breathing techniques you use? My third question was about breathing. So we'll just oh, sort of transition right into it. There you go. Um, well, there, there, the simplest one is really one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly. And, you know, uh, belly breath, that's mm-hmm. the, the simplest. But I, for me, has been the most effective uh, at any point in time. And do it wherever you need. You know, if you're in your car and you're stuck in traffic and just take a moment and and can reconnect to your breath really deeply and mindfully. Uh, there's some uh, fire breath techniques that help, you know, move stagnation from the body. So that's 
that's really uh, a good one as well. We want to energize as opposed to like soften. Um, and then there's, you know, alternate nasal breathing where you alternate breathing in and out from one nostril and then switching over and, and whatnot. So the, those are the three main ones that I work with. Um, but there are plenty of others out there that, sure. yeah. Well, you've already answered number four as well, because it was about a book. And that was Dr. Peter Wayne and the Harvard Medical School Guide to Tai Chi. So we'll look uh, that book up and I'll put it in in the show notes. Are there any other books that you'd like to share? Oh, my gosh. I'm reading. I'm studying. Well, I've been studying astrology for the past couple of years. So I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. nose deep into a couple of astrology books uh, right now. But the Tao Te Ching if you can get an easy translation i have one of them uh the one by the translation by peter mitchell is a really good one the one i'm working on right now is by brian brown walker okay. uh -huh. so these translations are simple english and easy words to digest without um really esoteric concepts that you know it can get a little weird yeah <laughs> because it's such a complicated text and again it's a translation but there's still you know even yeah the, those are the two translations that i find are the the most digestible for the english uh, english language and what are um, your thoughts on dr wayne dyer's version of it uh you know what i haven't read his oh you haven't read it okay no it's and that's strange i haven't uh, but what I have listened to are his, some of his podcasts on the Tao right. um, through YouTube videos and, and whatnot. So, I mean, he's, yeah, what a light being, what a beautiful soul he was. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. My last question is about an app. Are there any apps that you use or that you sometimes recommend that are related to this topic? I don't. I saw that question. I don't use. I don't use apps. Mm -hmm. I feel they they they're distracting because the the work is really internal and it's 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 a way of being. So the app creates some kind of dependency to to achieve that. So that and this is a personal personal thing. It's it's not. Um, it's just I don't use. I don't use apps sure. and and I know they're out there and I know people are using them and they're finding success and and I just don't have any recommendations. Sure, no that's fine. That's fine. I I want to ask you as we as we close down the interview, mm -hmm. what final words of advice would you tell to our listeners? Maybe someone who is really curious about how some of these tools could help them in their life or maybe they're frustrated and feel they feel disconnected. What would your words of advice be to that person? I would say the key is to start wherever yeah. that, wherever it is. If you're, if you're feeling challenged by your own body, if you're feeling challenged by circumstances that are surrounding you and you, you're at a point in your evolution where you know it's not sustainable, uh, there are so many resources out there for you to start and the key is to start. Now, the other key for me is that uh, even separate from 
breath work and qigong and yoga and all of these modalities that can be intimidating is find your artistic outlet whatever that is paint sing sculpt uh, whatever it is that brings you in a creative space i think that's your best starting point knitting uh any anything that uh, is creative where you you're creating something um, that will definitely before before anything else I would say find find a space and a moment in every single day where you can be creative and joy will follow yeah. I really like that find your artistic outlet yeah very important to do for sure and of course your website once again tai chi wellness dot online yes sir so we'll check that out and thank you so much for being here on the show ruby i really appreciate it it was an honor you're you're so soft-spoken i love your energy <laughs> you, like you are very inviting in that sense so you're definitely in your yin energy with this work that you're doing absolutely i don't know where your yang energy goes i'm sure it goes somewhere else but whatever this is that you're doing is very beautiful uh i felt yeah cared for and um nurtured in this space with you so i appreciate that well thanks for sharing that you. you have a wonderful rest of your day thanks everybody thank you Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Mindful Tribe, thank you for joining me again today. And I hope you enjoyed this interview with Sifu Rubia as much as I did. Oh, and I want to thank my sponsor, Athletic Greens. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, try it out. Well, wow, I really recommend it. You can go to athleticgreens.com slash mindfulness to take advantage of a special offer. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.